Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 270. Some of my favorite types of cruises are the long weekend getaway sailings because it's an inexpensive way to work in a quick cruise fix. This week, I had the pleasure of going on a four-night cruise on Brilliance of the Seas, and I've got a full review of the cruise as well as insight into my foray with the Ultimate Dining Package and Unlimited Drink Package. Here we go. Last week, we went on a quick weekend getaway on Royal Caribbean's Brilliance of the Seas out of Tampa, Florida, and I got to tell you, it was a great cruise. And what's interesting was, this was my third time on Brilliance of the Seas. This is actually third time on Brilliance, third time on Brilliance sailing a four-night Western Caribbean sailing to Cozumel, Mexico. It's the only stop, so it's Embarkation Day, Sea Day, Cozumel, Sea Day, and then back home. It's great for those long weekends that I really have been doing this for a couple of years now. In fact, I started going on this back in Thanksgiving, 2015. We did it early, this same sailing January of this year, and then got this one in here in September. So we got an opportunity to go on brilliance for the third time. And I got to tell you, third time really was the charm. Not that I had any problems on the first two sailings or anything like that, but I think pretty quickly being on brilliance again, I really felt like I, we fell in love the third time. It's that, it's like that old Broadway show tune, you know, I've grown accustomed to your face. And I kind of really felt at home on Brilliance, I got to say. It was a great sailing. Again, uh, third time on here, we had actually booked a grand suite on this particular sailing. You could make a pretty good argument that when you stay in a suite, everything is better. I probably would deny that. I will tell you that the opportunity to go in here was simply because of, of the price. We had booked this Brilliant Sailing uh, a number of months ago, earlier in 2018, when I discovered that Brilliance was offering sailings out of Tampa much earlier in 2018 than uh, usually. She goes over to Europe for the summer, and then when she comes back, she offers sailings uh, out of Tampa. Anyway, usually it's in like November-ish time frame, but this year she came back early, so I booked it. Anyway, there you go. There's the backstory on that. But and we booked it as a long weekend and leaves on a Thursday, comes back on Monday, and Tampa being just over an hour away from my house, we can make it back to work before the workday starts on Monday. So really, it's just a Thursday, Friday, day off situation. It's just a great long weekend cruise. I really, really do enjoy that. So that's kind of why we chose it. But we booked originally a aft junior suite because the price was pretty good on it. Uh, it was also the excuse, the other excuse I used to book this cruise is that we were using this to celebrate our my wife's and I a 10-year wedding anniversary. So we kind of figured, well, we should do something special. Let's go on a well, you know long weekend cruise without the kids, by the way. Kids are watching, uh, being watched rather uh, by our in-laws or my in-laws. So thank you very much for that. Uh, so we had a, but you know we we booked the cruise and then right around final payment date, there was a pretty big price drop, and I was able to not only we could have saved a lot more money if you stayed with the junior suite, but the grand suite was still cheaper than we had originally paid for the junior suite. So we YOLO booked it and or YOLO upgraded it as it were and went up to that grand suite. Grand Suite was on Deck 10, right by the Forward Elevator Bank. I loved the location of this. OMG. It was my favorite spot on, on re, in recent memory. So convenient. I like that not only was it near the elevator, but being on Deck 10, it was one deck away from the pool deck. And when you're cruising without kids, like we were, the nice thing is we tend to spend a lot more time up on Deck 11 because the pool deck, the solarium, like all that stuff is, is up there. So I felt like we spent more time on in there and having I would one of the things I like to like to do on any cruise I go to is try to figure out where I'll spend most time and then pick a room that's around there. It's it's not a big deal in my opinion, 
people ask me, you know, Matt, should I get a room on, you know, high deck or low deck in the middle? It, I have to tell people it really doesn't matter. It's more of a personal preference kind of thing. Like, it's not like it's a bad decision by any means. But I'll tell you that the really nice thing was being having that convenience. And if you know, like, on a ship like Brilliance, you're spending a lot of time there, or maybe you're going on Harmony of the Seas and you're spending a lot of time on the lower decks, like maybe because you're going to the Promenade or Central Park, you know, then you want to be on a deck that's closer to deck, you know, five, six, eight, something like that. Anyway. This worked out really, really well. I loved the convenience factor. It felt like I only took like two steps away to get wherever I was going, so that was really nice. The room itself was amazing, Grand Suite. We've stayed in Grand Suites before, uh, usually with the kids. So to have a Grand Suite for just me and my wife was just a tremendous amount of space. Uh, there was, I, I joked, there were, there's more chairs, couches, rather, in the room than people, and it was just nice having all that space to spread out. You know, it's not a necessity by any means, but boy, is it nice. And, of course, being a a sweet guest, we had concierge level access, all the benefits that come with that. I'll tell you that one of my favorite benefits of being in a suite is, is priority embarkation and disembarkation. The ability to uh, basically get on and off the ship in various ports, especially embarkation port and disembarkation port, with uh, very little effort or a lot of ease, however you want to look at it. Boy, that was nice. I got to tell you. Uh, that that works out really really well. I also like the the large bathroom, the upgraded amenities, the shower was really nice. We I I love that. We had a great stateroom attendant. Uh, she really was on top of things. In fact, I think this is the first cruise I met her in like record time. I think I met her when we first got in over there at one o'clock. Sometimes I forget which sailing it was. I'm I'm trying to remember which one. Maybe it was Explorer. Like we didn't meet our stateroom attendant until day two. That's not the norm. That's pretty unusual. So that's why I mentioned it. But you know, over here, you know, she was uh, really really good. Obviously, uh, very attentive. Um, so that was that was really nice. But the room was great. The balcony was a little small, not in its width, but in its depth. Like you know, you really couldn't have more than two people standing back to back from the balcony railing to the door. It was a very uh, wide but not deep balcony. And I think I'd rather have the opposite. I'd rather have a long balcony that's not very wide if I had to have the choice on it. It was fine. I mean, quite frankly. A grand suite on a four-night cruise like this is overkill. Uh, I don't know that we needed it. It was a nice splurge. It was our anniversary. There was a price drop, blah, blah, blah. You know, that all makes sense. But again, I don't know that I would ever go to the point of of doing that again, unless the price is right. And that's, quite frankly, I think what boils down to a lot of my decisions to book one type of room over another kind of room. It's really about when you go to book, what kind of room are you interested in? What kind of room seems like an attractive price for you? And certainly uh, the grand suite. Uh, and in this particular situation, it made a lot of sense, but other times, nope, not, you know, it's not even, it's not even close. So, you know, you gotta play that game to some extent and, and see what works for you in terms of on board the ship. You know, the other, oh, let's talk about the other sweet stuff we did, uh, that took advantage of being in a sweet guest. Number one, you can order dinner from, you know, room service is complimentary. Not only that, you can order from the main dining room. That's what I was trying to get at there. The, uh, not only can you order from the room service menu, which is included, but also if the main dining room is open, then you can order food for, from there and have it delivered. And we didn't really take advantage of it, except for the last night, the last night of the cruise. And you may have heard me talk about the spaghetti bolognese on the quote-unquote new or current, however you want to look at it, main dining room menu. I love it so much, uh, and I had to get it. And I didn't, we were doing specialty dining, so I'll get to that in a minute. But I ended up actually the last night of the cruise, around like 4 or 5 o'clock when we were getting ready, and we were just spent the day at the pool. I was a little hungry, and our dinner wasn't until 7, so of course, naturally, I needed a snack. And so I actually ordered from room service, the spaghetti bolognese, and something I wouldn't have been able to do if I wasn't in a suite. So uh, we take advantage of that perk far more often when we are in a suite with our kids because one of the 
best parts about that is that we can order them food while we're getting ready. So that way they can eat food, they can watch TV, they can. It's a little easier uh, setup for the children, uh, and we can still kind of my, my wife and I can you know get ready on our own, but we don't have to be you know sitting up there in the windjammer with them because as many of you know, we actually our, our personal preference is to feed the kids individually before we do right. We'll eat dinner later, but we feed the kids first, drop them off at Adventure Ocean, and then my wife and I will go have dinner. Um, and as but with it, with the room service thing, that's. That makes it a little bit easier. That's a perk I really do like. Concierge Lounge was beautiful, amazing. Actually, unfortunately, I didn't take advantage of it, and we'll talk about why in a minute. But it was massive space. I was really surprised because we'd been in Brilliance in January, and we were not in a suite that time. We were just Diamond members. The Diamond Lounge is nice. It's just really, really small, which is fine. I'm not looking to you know do snow angels in these places, but it's just night and day difference. Uh, in fact, the Concierge Lounge on Brilliance of the Seas actually has its own bar, which is just Wow, incredible, uh, in my opinion. So, you know, that was really nice. Uh, but we did go in there on the last night of the cruise. We actually met some of our fellow cruisers on there, some people actually that read the blog, and it was it was really nice. It was a very, very nice spot. So definitely if you're going on a ship like Brilliance and you're going to take advantage of the Concierge Lounge, plan more time in there because it's a really, really nice spot. Now, I alluded to just a couple things that we did on this cruise that were a little different, and that is we purchased the Unlimited Drink Package, a.k.a. the Deluxe Beverage Package. And we also purchased the, the Ultimate Dining Package, and let's talk about both those things. With the drink package, it's a four-night cruise. We ended up picking it primarily because, A, no kids, B, short sailing, so only four nights, and C, we were cruising with some friends, and we knew that if we were going to be cruising with some friends, we'd be, ob- not obligated, we'd be, we'd feel more inclined to probably have maybe a drink or two or four, and it's just easier to have that, and it was, it was nice. I freely admit, though, that the drink package is something I go back and forth on. Can it you know, save you money? Absolutely. There's no question in my mind that we broke even on the cost of those drinks on that on that cruise. Like every day, I probably had jeez, how many drinks did I have on that cruise? I probably had easily. I always tell people like you need to have about six or seven cocktails to break even. Suffice to say, without getting into gory details, I definitely got six or seven drinks a day. It's not that difficult, in fact, to break even. The problem for me is well, besides what happens the next morning, is what in all seriousness, is the idea of drink fatigue and, of course, the the notion of if I didn't have the drink package, but I still be ordering all those drinks, right? And my my heart of heart tells me that it's probably not the case. But on a shorter sailing, it is a whole lot easier to make it worthwhile for the drink package in terms of, you know, and when I say drink fatigue, if you haven't heard me talk about this before, it's a made-up notion that when you're on a cruise and you have the drink package, you tend to just because you have the drink package, you drink more, you know, just to, you know, you have the package, but it'll take advantage of it. And, but after a couple of days, it tends to get to the point where you're just ordering drinks for the sake of ordering drinks because you have the drink package. And it's, you know, it, it's a half joke, half truth kind of thing. It's a phenomenon that I've run into many, many times. And we're going on our next Royal Caribbean cruise is, on, is another four night cruise coming up in November. And I told my wife, I think on day two, I'm like, we're not getting the drink package on that cruise. <laughs> we're just, no way do I need to get to go to that point again. It's not to say that I'll never get the drink package again. Knowing me, uh, that, that's I, I waffle back and forth on it. I tend these days not to get it from personal preference just because I just feel like a, it, it's just a lot to drink. But I will tell you that it, it's not what I'm going to lean towards in the future. And that's a personal thing, by the way. There's nothing wrong. This is not a mistake. By no means am I saying the drink package is a mistake or a bad idea. Depends on how you cruise, what you're looking to do, who you're cruising with. If you're cruising with someone named Earl and a variety of other considerations – these are all things that you need to, you know, take into account if to get the drink package. But 
it worked as advertised. Uh, you know, we pre-purchased it before the cruise uh, via one of the cruise platter sales. Great idea, if I do say so myself. Uh, saves you a lot of money. So if you are going to get the drink package, definitely pre-purchase it. Now, also on this cruise, we purchased the Ultimate Dining Package. This is something that we did one other time, which was on Harmony of the Seas, actually uh, about a year ago or so. I forget which sailing that was. It was on Harmony for sure. But we did the Ultimate Dining Package on this cruise, primarily, again, because we wanted to splurge. Uh, you know, just like the suite, I feel like the Dining Package, especially the Ultimate Dining Package, is a splurge. And my review of the Ultimate Dining Package from last time was uh, great value, lots of food. Very much the same is the case here. You basically get uh, every dinner included, uh, and especially restaurants. You go to one dinner a night, and you also get a lunch on sea days. So that would be two lunches, right? Day two, day four, and of course dinner on four dinners on uh, over the course of the cruise. And we ended up eating at let's see here, uh, Giovanni's table for dinner night one, Izumi night two for dinner. No, take that back. Sorry. Day two, so Giovanni's day one, Chops day two, Izumi day three, uh, Chops day four for dinner, and for our lunches, we were in Izumi for both days. And it was it was a nice experience. It was a lot of food, as you might imagine. What was nice about it is you get to try different things on the menu, especially when you repeat. I often tell people I think that if you're going to do the ultimate dining package, it's really meant or ideal for larger ships that offer more restaurants to take advantage of it. On Brilliance, you really just have those three. You have Izumi. Giovanni's and uh, Chops to, to go to. So it's nothing bad against those. And trust me, I enjoyed them quite a bit. But like in this situation, we ate a lot of sushi. I mean, we were at, you know, Izumi four, four uh, three times and Chops twice. You know, the nice part of that is I, I definitely mix up the menu a lot more than I would if we were just going there for one night. You know, uh, the, the downside is just it's a lot of food, especially on sea days when you are, you know, you wake up, you have something to eat for breakfast in the morning. But a couple hours later, you're having lunch, right? And especially a restaurant, it's a lot of food. And then at dinner and a couple hours later, you're doing the same thing. So it's just got – there were def- this is probably one of the interesting byproducts, if you will, of the dining package was that on this cruise, I very rarely snacked. Like between meals, I mentioned the spaghetti bolognese. I almost did that on principle just because I wanted to try it. But most days, I really wasn't hungry. Like, I just was not like, ooh, I need to eat something, especially on day two, which is oh, quite frankly a, a downfall of my own of my own doing when I tend to – I have the joke that it's been more than two hours since I've eaten. I've got to, <laughs> got to get something to eat on a cruise ship. But we were able to uh, – I, I kind of avoided that thanks to the dining package. But it worked out really well. Very simple. I love how dead simple it is. I mean, all you do is when you go to any of these restaurants, you just tell them you have the package. You give them your C-Pass card, and that's it. You get a $0 bill. Uh, and uh, what was interesting was in Izumi, they gave us a $35 per person credit. I could have sworn on the website it said 30 It's changed over the last year or two. I thought it was 30 I wasn't going to argue about the 35 In fact, every time we ate at Izumi, I just gave the I tipped the waiter an extra $5, figuring, well, somewhere they're um, leveling out the universe for that extra 5 bucks. Uh, you know, for the $35, for the stipend, if you don't know what I'm talking about, with the dining package, if you eat at a, most specialty restaurants like Chops or Giovanni's, it's just a cover charge. So you order whatever you want on there and you're good to go. At a restaurant like uh, Izumi, there is no cover charge. It's not, it's a la carte pricing. So as a result, the dining package gives you a stipend to use. And that was fine. It, it was more than enough. In fact, we, it was kind of became a game with us to figure out, okay, how do we maximize $35? How many dishes can we order and still get the best value in trying new foods? But it was a lot of fun. It, I, it was a great experience. I would tell you that if you're new to specialty dining, whether that means you're new to Royal Caribbean or not, 
uh, it's a great way to go. I don't know that you need the ultimate dining package is a splurge. Look at ultimate dining package like a suite, and the three and four or even five night packages as like five dining packages that is as like a balcony room. You know, um, it's it's nice to have the balcony. It's nice, even nicer to have the suite, but it's not necessary to get that suite, right? And I feel like there was plenty of opportunity. If we had done, and originally we were thinking maybe doing just the three-night dining package, if we had done that, that would have been fine. I certainly wouldn't have had any problems. The other interesting side effect of this of the dining package is we only ate in the Windjamer on embarkation day out of necessity. When we first boarded the ship, that's what was open. But I never ate there again. In fact, I only walked through the Windjamer like twice on throughout the rest of the cruise when I was trying to get from point A to point B. But uh, it's kind of just, it's just weird because we are definitely a Windjamer family. We are definitely well. I say we are definitely a main dining room family. I'm a main dining room kind of guy. My wife not so much, and that's part of why we we went for that. But it was a fun experience. I really enjoyed the food there. Service was great. Uh, we only had one issue on with chops on day two. They were slammed. Formal night chops is a recipe for slow, and that's okay. I have a high tolerance for that. But it took. I think we sat down. It took like forty five minutes to like get our drinks and appetizers, which is a long, long, long time. And I, you know what? And I took the advice that I always dole out here on the podcast, which is if there's something you don't like, if something's got going your way, no matter how big or small, let someone know. And actually, one of their uh, managers, or I don't know what his title was, was walking by and said, how's your meal? And I said, meal's great, but uh, the service is, is really slow. And he said, okay, I'm sorry for that. And, you know, walked away quickly to probably figure out what was going on. Anyway, it was fine after that. We had no problems going forward. And in fact, when we returned the next night, service was way quicker. So, you know, say something. You got nothing to lose by, by at least mentioning that. In fact, you have only things to gain from that aspect of it. In terms of being on the ship... We mostly, uh, no, we did not mostly drink. We mostly <laughs> had fun on board. We spent a lot of time at the pool. As parents, we tend not to get a lot of time to do the relaxing things. We're constantly shuffling the kids between Adventure Ocean, feeding them, bathing them, to going on shore excursions. And that kind of leads to not a lot of time to just kind of take it all in. My kids are not old enough to be able to enjoy all right, we're going to sit here for a couple of hours and sun ourselves or sit in the pool. You know, even when they're in the pool, they're young enough, I have to watch them. We, we, you know, you can't just sit there and I can take a nap. We've got to watch them when they're in there to supervise them. And so without the kids here, we were able to take naps and sit at the pool and, or in the solarium. It was kind of interesting. The solarium, we were able to get uh, chairs. Actually, the solarium was less crowded, in my opinion, than the main pool. It was really hot, being September. And the solarium was like, air-conditioned, for lack of a better word, so it's far more comfortable for me to be there anyway. I don't like being out in the sun. I prefer shade, but I would have sit in the in the, in the the pool area if there was shade. Actually, day four, I did that. I took a nice nap over there, in fact, too, for those of you keeping score at home. <laughs> but the uh, Solarium was my favorite spot to go to, and we had pretty good luck finding seats. You know, obviously, finding seats can be at a premium sometimes, but like day two, we went to the Solarium for to, to go lay out. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, that, my friends, is prime time, right? So I wasn't expecting an empty solarium by any means. But we did a couple laps. You know, we walked around slowly, kind of looked around, and we eventually found two chairs. So it's not impossible to do. Uh, you know, I think when you're talking about finding lounge chairs by the pool anywhere, uh, 
you know, have a little bit of patience. Uh, if you really, really, really want one, get up there in the morning. I didn't do that. I just kind of rolled in there. But if you want it, even rolling in the afternoon, you need to have patience. You need to, you know, do some slow laps around. Look for people that are kind of shuffling their stuff. Standing up is a pretty good indication that they're getting up. And, you know, be gently, nicely ask, excuse me, are you guys leaving? Can we get your chairs? Uh, but it worked out pretty well. And we had uh, no issues there. Uh, the... Um, the service was interesting. I think I noted this on past Brilliance Cruises. There's like no wait staff service for for drinks in the solarium. I don't know why. Uh, there's a there's a solarium bar, and the solarium is very small. So uh, to go to the bar is not a big deal. But it's just weird being in the pool deck, and there were like uh, not really non-existent wait staff. Occasionally there would be one, but it was the exception, not the norm. And I noticed this on past cruises too on Brilliant. So it. I don't know, it's a staffing thing, but, you know, not the end of the world by any means. It was just kind of one of those things. We only went to the main pool area, like I said, day four, that we found chairs out there in the morning, and then I took a prompt nap, which is great. Uh, but, you know, fun time. I uh, really did enjoy that. We probably spent a lot of time there. I went to trivia once, which is actually less than I thought I was going to do. Usually we're pretty big on trivia. But I think because of, I don't know, just the other things we were doing, it just, you know, didn't work out. And quite frankly, when you're on a shorter cruise, you have less time to uh, get out there and, um, you know, do all those events. Even on Brilliance, which doesn't have, you know, it's not like an Oasis Clash up, which is an overwhelming amount of events. You know, there was stuff in there. Uh, there were a lot of movies. We didn't really see any. I was hoping to actually go to the cinema. At one point, I thought we might go see one of the Avengers movies in the cinema, but we ended up not doing that. I think that day, I think we were drinking. But <laughs> we went somewhere else, and uh, it was fine. Uh, the pub was my favorite spot. The They had a great pub singer on there. I wish I knew his name. I probably should look that up. Great guy. He really knew his stuff. Very friendly. Uh, he didn't have a personality in the sense of sometimes you have pub singers who like spend half their time talking to the crowd. You know, like, hey, where are you guys from? Oh, it's a, you know, he's more just a, let me just sing every song possible really, really well. And a lot of them were sing-songy songs. There were a lot of oldies in there as well. He uh, he had a good time in there. And the, the pub was uh, definitely one of our top spots to go to. I think we generally went between the pub, schooner bar, um, primarily, we may have ended up in other bars later at night, uh, but you know it was a good time. But really, our days were mostly spent well eating. That's part of it. when you have the dining package, especially the ultimate dining package. You spend a lot of your time eating. So we were eating, we were lounging, and then we were you know barring up. Uh, we went to one of the shows on night two. They had the Broadway Now and Forever show, which we've seen before. It was still a fun time, so we 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 got to see that. But uh, there was a, you know, we, we kind of just took it easy. I mean, one of the things, I often joke that when I go on relaxing cruises, it's great for me. I really enjoy them. But other, but if you're listening to the podcast about it or reading blog posts about it, it doesn't make for, me relaxing doesn't make for interesting stuff there uh, for you. But we still had a great time. And, I you know, it was such a fun cruise. Uh, we did stop in Cozumel, so that was our one and only port stop. We hem and hawed on what to do in Cozumel about eight different times. Uh, it's actually my uh fourth time there this year i think and we ended up actually just going into town we were traveling with a friend who had never been downtown to cozumel so we decided to indoctrinate him in the ways of downtown and also knowing that we're coming back in like six weeks so i wasn't too worried about it but we went we just went downtown we took a cab there we basically bar hopped in fact i found a great new bar uh we we first went to a bar let me start with a couple tips number one cozumel uh, keep in mind that usually Cosmel is one hour behind Eastern time zone. Not always the case, but sometimes. In this case, it was. Number two, when, nothing really opens in Cosmel downtown Cosmel until 9 a.m. local time, 
which in our case was 10 a.m. our time, ship time. So if your ship gets into Cozumel, you know, if you're saying, okay, you're going to be docking at 8 or 9 a.m., that's 6 or 7 a.m. their time. So plan accordingly, especially if you're going to go downtown, because you may find that there's literally nothing open, nothing to do. There may be like a Hooters available, but, you know, a lot of places really don't open until really just at 9. And even then, that's when they start to open. So keep that in mind. We plan around that accordingly. I, I, we got off the ship a smidge before 10 a.m. our time, which was 9 a.m. And even when we got downtown, it was still, you know, there were still a lot of places still opening up. But anyway, we got downtown. There were... Uh, uh, not not everything was open yet, so we actually walked around and found a one of the tour. It was a tourist bar. Uh, it was called Fat Tuesday. It's in the main square over there. By it's as about as authentic as you know Hooters was, but it was fine. It served the purpose. We just kind of relaxed and chilled out. It was hot, and we knew that ahead of time, so we wanted somewhere that had shade and you know could just take it easy. So we had some drinks there. But then we found another place which was great. Uh, this is actually a bar I'd been to before, but I never took full advantage of them. Uh, we went there. I remember I went there before on a previous trip. M- my wife was getting a massage. And I needed to kill time, so I found this place. But they actually have a rooftop bar. And what was great about that was it, the rooftop bar had was, had a huge amount of breeze going on. It was shady. There was actually a hammock up there. It was perfect. We I thought we'd spend, like, you know, we'd have, like, a drink or two. We spent a lot of time over there. They have food. They had uh, plenty of drinks. It was – they served breakfast, which was really nice. So uh, the place is called Casa Cusamil. Uh, C-A-S-A space C-U-Z-A-M-I-L. And it was perfect. I, I really want to go back again uh, and, and and just hang out some more. It was great for relaxing. You know, if you're just looking for a really chill place to be able to have some drinks, maybe eat some food too because they had breakfast. You get you know, your huevos rancheros or you get ch- uh, chips of guacamole. They had, you know, they had burgers and all that kind of stuff too. But Really nice place and very inexpensive. We must have had, jeez, what we, we we had we had huevos rancheros, we had uh, guacamole, we had pico de gallo, we had jeez, how many margaritas did I have? <laughs> we had I had a sangria, I had a margarita, I had like two or three beers. My friend had four beers or so, and the whole bill was thirty seven dollars. So. Great price. Hashtag Mexico. Oh, it was great. I, I love that spot. Again, if you're looking for a chill place, not the most authentic place in the whole wide world, and that's okay, but that's uh, that's a good spot. For authentic, we went to lunch in uh, one of my, my absolute favorite place in Cozumel, which was Cas, uh, Comidas Caseras Tonita. We've done blog posts about that in the past, and uh, amazing. Local, authentic food. They make everything uh, fresh. Uh, it was so good, so good. Oh, my gosh. If you go there... Get whatever you order, whether it's chicken or fish or whatever, uh, in either uh, Mexican style or Veracruz style. It's basically the preparing of the uh, uh, of the dish. Oh, so good, guys! Amazing, really, 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 really good. Um, just the freshness of it is really what strikes you about it, and so uh, really love that place. So we had a nice time, and then after that, we stopped at La Mega Supermarket, which is on the way back to the port. If you're coming from downtown to pick up some essentials, I, I always stop in Cozumel and get. A, a couple bags of tortilla chips, and you might be saying, Matt, you know, they do serve tortilla chips in the United States, which is true. But Mexican tortilla chips are way different. They're, they're thicker, and they just taste so much better. Oh, my gosh. Plus, when I eat them, I think of Cozumel, and it's almost like being on a cruise again, except until I open my eyes. I'm like, oh, nope, I'm still here. <laughs> but Cozumel is fun. Again, we're coming back in two more times this year, so be prepared to hear more about that. But anyway, uh, it was great. Weather was great the entire time. In fact, 
day one, day two, day three, absolutely no ocean movement at all, which was fantastic. I don't like motion in the ocean. I prefer never to feel any motion in the ocean. If it was up to me, it would just be like glassy. It was great. Day four, we woke up and there was a fair amount of ocean, motion. Not a lot. Like nothing crazy. No barf bags were out or anything like that. It was just, you know, you'd walk around and you'd do a stumble here and there. You'd just kind of start walking to the left and walking to the right. And just one of those things. But by lunchtime, it had cleared up. It's, it really got reduced down, however you want to put it. And um, but then it really, by dinner, it was just gone. So uh, we had, you know, never rained. A little bit, you know, sun, partly cloudy. It was hot. It was hot and humid. But it was, you know, the weather really, really, really did cooperate uh, quite well uh, with that. And this is actually the first time on Brilliance. Every, each other time we've been on there, we've been in there in the winter. This is the first time in the warmer months because we've gone Thanksgiving and January. So just, a, you know, different kind of thing. But like I said, we had a great time on Brilliance of the Seas. Just truly a fun ship to go on. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. In fact, the most I've enjoyed it. Of, uh, compared to those other three to- two times I've been on there. And it has definitely moved up in my favorite ships category. I mean, it's really, I, I can't, there was something about it when I got on board that ship, and within about an hour or so, wherever it was, I, I really felt like, wow, I'm home, I'm on a cruise ship, and I just feel like, man, what a great time on there. It was just fun, it was enjoyable, and I really, there's there's a there's a very vocal a population of Royal Caribbean cruisers who love, love, love the Radiance class, and I really understand where they come from. Now I can I can appreciate that so much more. Uh, I still, you know, like my Harmony of the Sea is still my favorite cruise ship, which is an Oasis class ship. But you know, Brilliance now out of Tampa, oh, I love that convenience of it. And disembarkation was super simple. Oh my G, we had the best uh, disembarkation process. I mean, first of all, we were in a suite, so that helps. But you know, we uh, we got to. I don't know what time we actually docked, but we were off the ship and in my car by 7.30 in the morning. So we were back home. I was usually, I kind of roll, don't tell my boss, I kind of roll into work like a little later when we come back from Tampa. Not crazy, not like 11 o'clock, but, you know, you may be closer to like, you know, 9.30 or so, which is not a big deal. You know, you just make up for it later in the day. But nonetheless, we got like, per, it was perfect timing because in a past cruise, like we did match through the seas out of, in July out of Tampa doing the same thing. And I remember on that one, there were more delays involved. But anyway, no problems at all. I used the valet parking at Port of Tampa. Worth every penny of it. It's 80 bucks. What I like about it is you don't have to lug your stuff very far. Number two, they've got guys who literally run, grab your car, and bring it up for you. Uh, like I said, it was $80. I think the, if I read correctly on the website, there's only a nominal fee more to use the valet. Like the parking in the port was, was I think, $15 less, something like that. Anyway. Valet was worth it. I know people will disagree with me and say, man, that's like two drinks or whatever. You know, save your money. But I enjoy it. It's a nice little perk for myself. And uh, But the process was super simple. Also, one other interesting, speaking of the Port of Tampa, embarkation was even easier. We got to the port. I know I have a reputation on here of showing up to the port like extremely early. People always joke with me that if I'm not at the port at 930, there's something wrong. But I tell my wife, no, we're, into, we're, we're not in a rush. And I agree. We got to the port at like... Well, we got to the port at 10.30 because we had to make a quick pit stop along the way because my wife forgot something at CV- we had to buy it at CVS. But we got to the port at 10.30. 10.30 is still in that zone of arriving early. You're still early by, by almost all accounts. And I'm sure if uh, Billy from CruiseAbbot.com was hearing this, I mean, he doesn't even think about going to the port until 11 a.m. So, you know, we disagree on that. But nonetheless, we had gotten to the check-in. They were reboarding the ship. I, I, that early was like, what? 
crazy. That was awesome. Trust me. I don't need to wait in the terminal. But it was uh, they had already started boarding, and it was like it was so weird because there was actually a line to get on the ship. You know, when you get closer to the ship and the uh, you get on the gangway, there's obviously people ahead of you. And usually we're among the first aboard, so it's not a, you know we never really experienced. It. I was like, ah, this is must be what it must be like otherwise. But uh, it was a great time on there. We really enjoyed Brilliance of the Seas. It is great for these uh, weekend or just kind of quicker getaways. I've only sailed the four nighters on out of Tampa because they go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, but they, she also offers five night sailings, which are very popular as well. But Brilliance is a great ship. OMG, just really really good. I I, I recommend it a lot. It's a fun – if you're looking for a cruise vacation in which you're going to do a lot of relaxing and eating and there's great live music on there, boy, is it a great ship for you. It is the it is a classic Royal Caribbean experience. It's, it's, it's a throwback almost to how uh, cruising was – I wouldn't say back in the day because it, it's more of a throwback to how cruising was like 10 or 15 years ago rather than like you know 30 to 50 years ago. Uh, but we had a really good time and looking forward to sailing on Brilliance hopefully very, very soon again. It's email inbox time, where I read the emails that you sent me about everything Royal Caribbean, and we answer and read them and chuckle about them right here on the podcast. You can always send me your emails by sending them to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. First email is from Michael Christine, who writes, I know there was a question to getting milkshakes for free without eating at Johnny Rockets with the drink package. We did it several times on Anthem last week without any problems. I was a little concerned when they asked me to sign in, as they usually include the drink package to swipe the card. But as you can see below, it was free and delicious. It's a great point, except for one thing, Michael, and I appreciate the feedback, first of all. That Johnny Rockets on the Quantum-class ships is an a la carte place. I think the concern is on other Johnny Rockets, on other kinds of ships, in which it, there's a sit-down restaurant component to it. And I've seen, quite frankly, mixed results. A little backstory. Not too long ago, earlier this year, Royal Caribbean changed their drink package policy to include the milkshakes at Johnny Rockets. But it's been a little vague as if when, you know, if you have to eat at the restaurant, like, you know, pay the cover charge for the restaurant, but your milkshakes are included with the drink package, or if you can just stop by, grab a milkshake and be on your way. And I've seen answer, I've seen both, quite frankly. This is not surprising. This is something Royal Caribbean is kind of notorious for, frankly, where they have, you know, a policy set up, but it seems to vary from ship to ship. And, you know, it's enforcement of it changes. And anyway... Um, the, the quantum glass is actually the easiest because it, there is no sit down component to it. It's just by the pool area and it's this kind of a grab and go. Whereas on the other kinds of ships, there's a cover charge. You have to sit down and, and that's the issue right there. But Michael, nonetheless, thank you for the email. I do appreciate you sharing your feedback and that it's, that it was included, uh, with the drink package. Next, we have an email from Craig, who writes, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian Cruise Line are both the same. Great things to do on both. When uh, We went on one Carnival cruise and never, ever again, uh, they did, were not for us. Awesome, Craig. Thanks so much for the email. Appreciate that. Next is an email from Sarah, who writes, I hate to bother you with another question, as I just sent one in a week ago, but this has been driving me crazy. I've discovered that when I look at cruise option, booking options on online at Royal Caribbean's website, I don't see all the options. For example, I can never find a suite higher than a junior suite on any ship, even when I'm looking at the furthest out sailing I can, I can find. I know suites sell out fast, but looked if I look at 20 sailings, last time I couldn't find a single owner, grand suite, etc. Are they really all gone? Also, the last time I booked a cruise, I went online to get an idea of which cabin I wanted. The website only showed me like 10 to 15 cabins that were available. When I went to actually book through Brock at MEI Travel, he told me practically every cabin on the deck was available that I wanted. Why do these cabins not show online? So frustrated, especially about the sweet thing. What am I doing wrong? 
Sarah, thank you for the email. I'm surprised about the suite thing to some extent. Some suites are not available for booking online. Like if you want to book some of the family suites or the larger ones, they're generally not available to book on the website. You have to call in for that or a travel agent in your case. Brock can do that for you. That's not unusual. But you should be able to see owner suites, grand suites, junior suites, obviously. They're not really suites, I know. But, uh, you know, owner suites, junior suites, some of the one or two bedroom suites may show up as well. But they should be there, Sarah. In fact, the example I gave you earlier in this episode where we were looking to book Brilliance of the Seas, we were in that junior suite and I looked at the price and we just, you know, did a mock booking like you just did, Sarah. Brilliance of the Seas, pulled it up there, bada bing, bada boom, you know, we saw that there was a, a grand suite. Then I then <laughs> immediately got on the phone with my travel agent at MEI Travel and said, hey, let's upgrade, but but I want to pay less. And there you go. Uh, so that you should still see those kind of suites. When you, when you go to the mock booking, one of the first things they'll ask you is the categories and you kind of go from there when you're picking them, but it should give you that option in there. Now, granted, I should probably mention the Royal Caribbean website is notorious for having weird hiccups and issues and oddball performance and things of all that nature. So your mileage may vary in that respect, but you should be seeing those suites. Uh, that's very un- uh, granted. It's entirely possible, Sarah, that one or two things happen. Number one, the website was being the website and it was just wonky the day you were there. Number two, the mock bookings you picked out happened to be sandwiches in which they were booked up. I mean, suites are fairly popular and competitive. There's not many of them. It depends on the ship we're talking about. But, you know, if you're looking at a sailing, I think Sarah mentioned in her email that she was looking at a sailing in April 2020, you probably should find some there. But uh, it should be available for you to look at. I'd say give it another try. Try a different web browser and go from there. In terms of the rooms available, um, that's like, I mean, they break it down by deck. But usually when you go through it, they may show you only a subset of them. Like as an example, when sometimes... Uh, and actually, as I go through, and I re- remember why I use the travel agent to do this, uh, is to fi- try to find connecting rooms. And sometimes the list is not reflective of all the rooms that are available. Like there's the option when you're going through a room to type in a room number to see if it's available. And that kind of supersedes the drop down list. It, I think it's the website trying to make it simpler for you, Sarah, rather than giving you an overwhelming amount of cabins to choose from. But the bottom line is like if they were showing you, you know, 10 to 15 balcony cabins that were available, I got to think that if somebody booked 15 cabins right off the bat, Right, and you went back in to do the search again. If what Brock was telling you was correct, is that you know there's p- practically every cabin on the deck is, is open, you would have seen more results there. So it's kind of a game with the website, and that shouldn't be the case. I agree, sir. You're not. It's not on you, but it's one of those weird oddball things. It's you know, it's funny if you're if you're new to Royal Caribbean, you're probably thinking you're hearing this. You're like, wow, that is weird. And if you're list, if you've been on Royal Caribbean quite a bit and you know Royal Caribbean fairly well, then you're probably also listening to all this and being like, oh man, no, you know, I know exactly what Sarah's going through, and you just unfortunately kind of get used to it. Next, we have an email from Michelle G from Richmond, Virginia. I uh, write to my husband and our nine-year-old son and I are fresh back from our very first cruise on Freedom of the Seas. Wow, I can't say enough how amazing it was. As you mentioned in your podcast before, there is nothing like the first glimpse of the short ship in port. And pictures absolutely do not do it any justice. It's like a floating city. I looked at many pictures before the cruise, and it's so different in person. We sailed out of San Juan, Puerto Rico and visited the Southern Caribbean. So we went to St. Thomas, Curacao, Aruba, and St. Martin. Five places we've never been before, and all of them were fantastic. I highly recommend the Sea Bob Aruba Power Snorkeling Excursion. It's through third party, not through Royal Caribbean. It was our favorite one of the trip. 
As far as the ship goes, there's so much to talk about. Like I said, this is our first cruise, and there were so many staff members that made it special. Our go-to bar was the R Bar, and we had a couple of favorite bartenders there that knew us by name mostly because we had the drink package. <laughs> and speaking of the drink package, so worth it. For us, it was about peace of mind and not having to worry about the insane balance at the end of the cruise. We weren't really going on a quest to get our money's worth, but I'm sure we probably did. There was so much to do on the ship as well, and that was, and what was nice was that we never felt like we missed out if we happened to skip over something that caught our eye on the cruise compass. We built in plenty of relaxation time. Our son was, wasn't really a fan of Adventure Ocean, so we missed a lot of the later shows in the beginning of the week. We did loosen the reins a bit halfway into the cruise and let him hang out in the room on his own with a little tablet time. Hey, it was his vacation too, and that freed us up to do a few things. The Love and Marriage game show, The Battle of the Sexes, the perfect worst couple game shows, had us on the floor laughing. We brought our son to the ice skating show and Once Upon a Time, and both were phenomenal. It's so hard to believe that you're watching and the performers are performing on a moving cruise ship. So well done. The food was great, and now that uh, we're sad we can't pop down to Sorrento's in the morning to grab breakfast sandwiches and donuts at Cafe Promenade for coffee. We've uh, had we had to go grocery shopping, cook our own food today. Boo! We went to the Windjamere for dinner on embarkation day, and it was so crowded. Uh, we stayed away for embarkation lunchtime for that very reason, and hit up Sorrento's for a quick bite after boarding. My husband and I hate crowds, so that first dinner at the Windjamere kind of turned us off. The food was good, and we did end up going for lunch there later in the week on a port day, and it was fine. We love the main dining room. The first formal night was our second day, the day we visited St. Thomas. So we got all fancy and headed down there maybe around 7 p.m. because we had my time dining. We really liked our waiter and assistant waiter and made a standing reservation for the rest of the week with them. Food was fantastic and the waiters always did some tricks or magic after each meal for our son, which he loved and looked forward to at night. As far as specialty dining went, we did eat at both Sabor and Chops. Both were absolutely delicious food with an amazing variety. Of course, the guacamole was on point. We took the guacamole making glass too and it was well worth it. All the margaritas you want and lunch too. In my humble opinion though, it was great to experience both restaurants at dinner, and I don't think it was worth the upcharge when considering the quality and choice of the food in the main dining room. It was good to experience them once, and I don't regret it, just my opinion. Um, I had sent you an email a few weeks back asking if Adventure Ocean would watch kids at dinner on port days, and I found out the answer. They do, and it's called Adventure Dining. I believe they only do it on port days, though. You had to sign up for that particular day by 4 p.m., and they take your child's order. Then they take them to eat in the Windjamere while you're out. We take advantage of this when we ate at Sabor. All things considered, and thanks to your podcast and a heck of a lot of research, we felt like veteran cruisers and will definitely make plans for another cruise in the future. Maybe closer to home this time. We're about three and a half hours from Baltimore, so I'm starting to look at grandeur of the seas. Thanks for all the great advice that we were able to put into action and have the time of our lives. Michelle, thank you so much for the email. Wow! I'm so glad you had an awesome time on Freedom of the Seas, and it is so gratifying, quite frankly, to hear that not only had a great time, but also the information that we, we say here helps. It's you know maybe these podcasts are kind of helpful to people, and I love hearing that. I love hearing even more that you had an awesome time. I love Freedom, fabulous ship. I talked all about brilliance on this episode, but boy, I can go on and on, and I have in the past about Freedom of the Seas, great ship, and that itinerary. Wow, Whew. love it. Thank you for sharing your feedback on there. Let's go to our next email. And it is from Susan Widowson, or Cruise and Susan. Just listen to episode 265, Tips for First-Time Cruisers. Great tips, I have one to add. I highly recommend studying the deck plans before the cruise. I always do this when going on a new ship. Even if it's the same class I've done before, it makes it much easier to find my way around. Thank you, Susan, for the recommendation. You know what's funny? First of all, Susan's recommendation is on point, accurate, good tip there. Number two, I never do it. Never, ever, ever, ever. In fact, I purposely avoid doing it because I, I don't know, for me, I enjoy the 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 excitement and the thrill of 
discovering a new ship and walking around seeing what's around the next corner like to me that's the same not that you that's not still a fun thing to do even if you have looked at the deck plans before but i tend not to be a huge deck plan kind of guy uh but susan's information is absolutely right the nice and of course you know the problem with what i do is what my wife always points out was like, well, if you knew about this you would have known that this thing is over here and that thing's over there and you could have easily avoided a long commute elsewhere but uh, it's a good tip. Thank you, Susan. Uh, Carolyn from Little Elm, Texas, has our next email. It says, I became a Royal Caribbean blog podcast listener after you retired from your other previous podcast. That was a family favorite, by the way. We called it the Matt, Mike, Mike, and Len Show. And now we all listen here. We're booked on our first Royal Caribbean cruise this coming June on Liberty of the Seas out of Galveston. My question is, my son has several severe food allergies. I've already submitted the special needs form. I see that milk is included as a complimentary beverage with the cruise fare. Would soy milk be included as well for my son with a dairy allergy thanks for all the great hours of information and entertainment great question in my experience there's no problem getting it uh, sometimes you might have to ask for it but i remember there being at the coffee stations a soy uh, milk alternative in addition to you know the maybe the low fat milk and the regular milk that's available there but i think there's no issues that i can recall right i don't drink that regularly it's not part of my coffee routine but i don't recall there being an issue with getting soy milk and and going for there. Uh, you did the right thing with a special needs form. Um, I would also recommend one other thing, which is send an email to foodallergies at rccl.com. Food allergies, plural. Food allergies at rccl.com with your, with your full name, your guest name, right? Reservation ID, ship name, and voyage date. Just let them know about that kind of stuff. You know, it doesn't hurt to... to go to that length to do it it's just you know crossing your t's and dotting your i's kind of thing and i think that's probably going to be the uh a really good approach for making sure that you're all taken care of you know it's it's not a it's not a big deal to uh to have that also keep in mind I mean, if you're if you're really i don't know that you have to go to this length I, I in fact i'm i was gonna say you can bring your own soy, but it's soy milk so it's like you know you don't want it to go bad and all that anyway don't worry about it you'll have it on there i'm sure they'll be able to take care of you uh with that so thank you for the email carolyn and we've got time for another couple of emails or two. So let's uh, go right through this over here. Uh, first is from Hayden Pronto Husey. He writes, just off a quick three-day cruise on Independence of the Seas out of Southampton to Rotterdam and Zeebrugge. Bruges. And thought you would uh, like to hear about it. Cruise is fun. And it was nice to avoid the flights to a cruise by just driving down to Southampton from London. But next Royal Caribbean is up for us is Alaska Cruise on Ovation of the Sea. So we will re-listen to your post-cruise review show. Get some ideas on what to spend on on, our, on board credit on. For you listeners, it is worth noting that the next cruise office can quote in pounds. But onboard credit is always in dollars. And the exchange rate is fixed when you first book something in the cruise planner, which in the UK is in pounds. Also, cruises can't be canceled in the UK for... Cru- also, cruises can't be canceled for UK sailors, but we were told that we can just keep changing if needed till final payment date is reached. Hayden, great to hear from you, dude. And thank you for the information. Appreciate it. Good advice. Next, we have an email from Glenn Fry from Maryland who writes, Hi, Matt. Love the site podcast and being a Royal Cream blog insider. I got a question about drinking. No, it's not about the drink package. I already bought mine for my October 25th selling on Grandeur of the Seas. Even though I'm already a Diamond member, I love the convenience of spreading the payment out and not having to worry about adding up all the receipts at the end of the day to see where I stand. My question is the drinking age. When I took a cruise uh, back in 1996 on Sovereign of the Seas, once we were in international waters, the age was 18. A few years ago, it was determined by the port you sailed out of. Last March, I was on the Norwegian Breakaway. Uh, it was a free one, still royal, still loyal to Royal. And I saw a sign that said you could be 18 and drink if the parent signed a 
paper giving them permission. Does Royal Caribbean offer this also? Finally, one more question. If you can make up your own itinerary picking the ports that would make a seven-day cruise, it could be islands from the Eastern and Western Caribbean, what would it be? Uh, mine would just be Lobbity and Coco Cay. It would be a night at each island. All the money spent on or off the ship would go to Royal Caribbean. Wishing you clear skies and smooth seas. All right, interesting question. So the age is determined by where your Royal Caribbean ship sails out, the minimum age to drink, rather. The minimum age to consume alcohol on Royal Caribbean ships on sailings originating from North America is 21. If your cruise originates, that means where your cruise starts from, South America, Europe, Asia, Australia, and New Zealand, it's 18. Then the minimum age to consume alcohol at all private destinations remains 21 without regard to where the sailing originated. Those are the rules. That's it. Uh, I've heard of this letter thing. I don't know that I've uh, Royal Caribbean offers. If they do, it's not on their website, and it's not a a uh, uh, an option that they provide. So yeah, if you got younger kids, I mean, you could drink it. Obviously, when you're in port, if you're visiting, you know, uh, a country in which the drinking age is lower than 21, I think, let's, I think Mexico is what's lower. I'm not sure. You know, I know the Bahamas is for sure. Then that's fine. But obviously, on the ship, you're on the ship. So there you go, Glenn. Uh, thanks for the email. Appreciate it. Oh, I forgot about the itinerary. My dream itinerary. I love the idea of going to Lombardy and Coco Cay. I, I, I'm going to steal that one. I'm going to say uh, day one, sea day. Or day two, sea day, right? Day two, sea day. Day three, Lombardy. Day four, sea day. Day five, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Day six, Coco Cay. I don't know if this is in physical possible to make that work. And day seven, sea day. I, only, I like having a little mix of sea days. I'd rather have a little healthy mix of sea days rather than try to work it all in like a bazillion islands like it, it gets really overwhelming and tiring so so there you go all right guys well appreciate you uh tuning in and listening to this podcast don't forget you can always send me your emails by sending an email to matt m-a-t-t at royal caribbean blog.com matt at royal caribbean blog.com until next time i'm matt hotchberg and we'll talk again soon <laughs>